Welcome to In Your Area. On today's episode, we hear from Stephanie Shapur, doctoral candidate at McGill University's Faculty of Law, as well as an ardent accessibility advocate in both Montreal and Alberta. She is joined by Jason Bamlett, a veteran realtor at Remax House of Real Estate, and Stephanie's realtor. Jason and Stephanie speak with Zane Velji, a partner at Northweather, Pillar 9 board member and veteran podcast host, about their challenging experiences in finding Stephanie a fully accessible property in Calgary. Stephanie shares her account from a buyer's perspective and relays the momentum which it created for her to advocate for better accessibility in real estate. Jason shares his learnings as a realtor and the recommendations he has for other realtors when supporting clients looking for accessible housing. Finally, Zane and Stephanie chat about the path taken to ensure the inclusion of the accessibility search functions in the Pillar 9 MLS system and the benefit of these new features to both realtors and consumers. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to In Your Area. My name is Zane Velji, partner at Northweather and board member of Pillar 9. And for today's episode, I'm joined by Stephanie Shapir and Jason Bamlett. You know, earlier this year in 2021, we had an episode of In Your Area where we talked about Pillar 9, where it started from its genesis, its development, its migration, and of course, its launch. And in that conversation, Heather Coleman, Managing Director of Area, was joined by Corinne Lyle and Shane Griffin to talk about where Pillar 9 was going and what got us here. Today, we want to double-click on that a bit, not just talk about Pillar 9's business journey or strategic journey, but talk about the human side of it, talk about the relationship side of it, and talk about some of the changes that have been put into Pillar 9, specifically around accessibility and accessibility features. And so today, to help me with that conversation, there's Stephanie Shapir and Jason Bamlett. Stephanie is a doctoral candidate at McGill University's Faculty of Law. She holds a JD from the University of Toronto and a Master's of Law from McGill University. And she's also an accessibility advocate, uh, researching the history of building codes and physical inaccessibility in Canada. Also joining me is Jason Bamlett, a 38-year real estate veteran, advising clients here in the Calgary area where we are recording this podcast today. So, Stephanie, let's get started with you. Jason, I'll bring you in in a second. Stephanie, tell me what brings you to this conversation. Let's start in the most broadest way possible, because I know there's a story here to be told, but tell me about what kind of brings you to this conversation around accessibility and and real estate uh, here in uh, in Calgary. All right. So, six years ago, I became a wheelchair user after a car accident. And so, for the past six years, I've entered this new world of focusing a lot on accessibility in my day-to-day life just to accomplish, you know, things like going to school, uh, moving to a new city, looking for a place both in Montreal and in Calgary since I've lived in those two cities since this accident. And I think one thing that I can bring to this conversation that's unique is that I've lived as an adult, both as someone who's able-bodied and disabled. So I see some of the huge differences in searching for places to live in both as someone who can live anywhere, stairs, whatever, and as someone who has very specific needs regarding uh, barrier-free access to where I live because someone who's in a wheelchair, we're not just able to pick up and jump over steps. So, um, and I also, as you mentioned, study this issue. So I've become fascinated by the history of why there's a shortage of accessible housing and problems in the built environment. So that's where I'm coming from. Well, that's fantastic. Jason, I want to come to you in a second here. But Stephanie, tell me about, 
you know, you you briefly teased it there, but I want to talk about it a bit more up front, which is your mention of trying to find a place to live. Tell me about that journey. Tell me about that that where that journey started, and we'll bring Jason in, who's kind of helped you with that that process. But for you, what were some of the problems you were encountering as an individual when you were looking for a place to to, to call home, so to speak? Right. So I've had this challenge three major times since becoming a wheelchair user. So first, when I left the hospital, because obviously there's a rehab process when you have an injury that um, affects your spinal cord and you become a wheelchair user. So leaving the hospital, it's a huge challenge for people who have such an injury to to figure out where they're going to live, because most people cannot go back to a home with stairs or other kinds of problems in the home that isn't accessible. So leaving the hospital in, and I was hospitalized in Calgary, I should say. So leaving the hospital, we had to figure out a way to make my parents' house accessible so that wasn't, you know, a search. It was, I was going to live with my parents. The second time I had a big challenge was when I moved back to Montreal to continue my graduate studies at McGill Faculty of Law. So then I we used a real estate agent in Montreal and we ended up having to find a place that we renovated because it was very difficult in Montreal. That's a whole other story. So I uh, used a real estate agent then, but then had to undergo getting renovations, which is very expensive and very, very stressful as people know. So then the third time I was looking for housing was moving back to Calgary. Um, While still working on my PhD, I decided Calgary would be a better place for me to live since it's much more accessible than Montreal in terms of the public spaces. But just like every city in Canada, Calgary has a huge shortage of housing that meets what I would need as a wheelchair user. But I think a lot of people struggle, whether it's someone who's older, who has mobility challenges and maybe uses a walker, but also might need a wheelchair, who knows. Um, And so that's when I met Jason was in that search in 2018 for a place to live here in Calgary. And so I was, you know, in Montreal. And so he actually was looking for places with my mom here. And I was, you know, participating remotely for that uh, search. And it was difficult. I can go into that further. But Um, At that time, it was a struggle to find the place that would meet my needs. And I was very averse to doing something that would require extensive renovations because I'd gone through that in Montreal and it it was a real pain. So I wanted a place that was barrier free to begin with if I could find it. Well, that's quite the experience. Jason, I'm going to bring you in here. seems like a natural point. Um, You know, uh, two things. First, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I I know I made the brief intro about, you know, 38-year veteran here in in Calgary in in this uh, real estate space. But tell me a little bit more about yourself and then this this challenge of trying to help Stephanie, A, remotely, uh, certainly, but B, also with the uh, with the accessibility uh, limitations uh, that uh, she was looking for for in, in a house. Well, I've always been a realtor. Uh, I've been licensed since I was 18 years old, so I'll let you do the math. But, you know, the system has evolved uh, always from member input, trying to um, accurately detail the houses and and properties that we're marketing. And it really did come to a head when I was working with Steph and her family because um, there were some limitations that we were struggling with. Getting into the search process, there's a dynamic of, of doing it long distance, which is always challenging mm-hmm. uh, for any buyer, not only Steph, but I, I just was working with a couple last week moving from Hamilton and and uh, the gentleman came out by himself to buy a house by himself. I don't buy groceries without my wife. So uh, these are challenging times when you do it remotely. But uh 
in Steph's situation, she had family here to help out, but it was apparent very quickly into the process where her mother, Barb, uh, and I would go and take a look. And we immediately knew as soon as we crossed the threshold, it wasn't going to work. Little things like um, a, a proper foyer where um, accessibility issues, just to maybe turn a chair, even to close the door behind you, or common area accesses where maybe a front entrance would be accessible and have a ramp and that all looked good. But very quickly, there were elevators, but then there were stairs going to elevators or there were right. accessible pools that had stairs. You could get into the pool room, but you couldn't get into the pool. And you know the frustration of that trying to do a good job, trying to find these, the, you know, qualified units was uh, more difficult than I experienced before. Yeah. And it seems like what I hear from you, there was a sense of promise every time you'd open the door and then there'd be disappointment with, with a feature or two that, that wouldn't work out. And, and I don't mean to bury the lead here because I want to talk about some elements of what Pillar 9 has done in terms of some of the new, you know, accessibility search features uh, that, that, that have been introduced. But Jason, to be clear, that was not part of how you were able to assess it in the past, correct? When you, you and Steph kind of collaborated to, to purchase a home, was it trial and error that ultimately, you know, with, uh, with Steph's mom that, that led to that ultimate decision of, of, of the home? Well, I ultimately don't want to take too much credit. I think it was Steph's sister who actually did the real digging because again, we have this we had a very broad database to look at. We we had some geographical requirements that we wanted to right. uh, have for Steph just being close to family, close to uh, her place of work. Um, those were other elements that were part of the equation. But yeah, you, you know, we you'd think you'd hit a home run with one as we approached and the documentation or the ability, I, I, if, if I remember correctly, the old matrix system just did not have any accessibility fields uh, for a member to evaluate their listing before putting it to the market. Right. I should add about my sister's uh, contributions. Please. She, she was living with me in Montreal at the time. And so she was actually remotely looking through photos religiously every day of different places. She loves that kind of thing. So for her, it was kind of a fun challenge, but really it was all about taking um, the listing, looking through photos of the bathroom, very important. The bathroom is one of the biggest challenges because for someone like myself, uh, you want a shower that can allow a chair, a shower chair that rolls, rolling in. So for her, she was just constantly like so sifting through photos of bathrooms because um, that was like a huge cost renovation wise and so important. So she's the one who landed on it remotely in, in Montreal, just pouring through photos of different uh, places that I was, uh, that were in the, as Jason mentioned, the area where I wanted to live, which is Mission. Um, and I should note that we haven't said this before, but I was exclusively looking at condos because mm. of the fact that, um, you know, a townhouse or a house itself is pretty much never going to be an accessible barrier-free entrance to that place. So for me, a condo was the ideal place because more often than not, we have elevators and accessible entrances, which Jason was mentioning. And then it's all about what kind of features does that condo have? And I think condo living is um, popular for people who live downtown, but it's also popular for um, older people who, who may not be able to live in their home any longer. So condos is really where the accessibility um, issue is relevant for both people my age with disabilities and then older people. 
you know, I, I sit here as someone not in the sector, just listening to this story, uh, having bought a home a few years ago and knowing how, you know, not arduous, but, you know, difficult the process can be when you have all these decisions to make, all these other items to juggle. And hearing your story, you know, Stephanie, of you and your sister remotely looking at pictures, quite literally trying to size up whether it should be a home you look at. And then Jason on the ground here with uh, your parents trying to make that call. I mean, just adds a real layer of complication that I think many of us do not appreciate uh, to what this process was like. Stephanie, you know, tell us about the the, the condo or the, or the home you finally pulled uh, the trigger on. How did, the, how did that kind of go down? Well, I was in- incredibly lucky because you know, what you're telling me about searching for the house, primarily when you're searching for a place to live and you don't have a disability or some challenge with mobility because of being older, um, you're just looking for something that, you know, is attractive to you. Sure. That, you know, it, 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 you see it and you're like, oh, this is somewhere I could live for whatever features mostly are aesthetic related. But for me, it was so lucky that the place my sister found that had a renovated washroom that had been renovated for a previous owner who was also a wheelchair user um this amazing barrier-free washroom that it that is is part of it's like an ensuite to the master bedroom in in this condo it was also so lucky that it was a condo that met my aesthetic uh interests as well as having this uh bathroom because to be honest you know i would i would have like had lesser standards for the place as long as it met my needs uh as a wheelchair user but this place was like so lucky it was like exactly what I wanted. And just, you know, everything fell into place. I don't think that happens to a lot of people when they're looking for something, but just the windows of this place, like having to spend the past year through the pandemic home all the time, these windows, I've been getting so much natural light. Like I do not feel cabin fever or depressed because of being stuck at home. Like it's a wonderful place. And and it's in a building that is completely uh, barrier free. And by that, I mean, I can use buttons to open the door uh, for the main entrance of this building and then elevator to my condo. And then there's no steps anywhere in the condo. So I was incredibly lucky, but you know, when you're looking and you're limited by your choices because of the shortage of housing for uh, people who need this kind of housing, you give up on the, your aesthetic preferences um, pretty quickly because it's just too much of a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, tell us a little bit about, do you remember that moment of finding that particular condo and what that that looked like? Was it was it like, I don't want to say love at first sight, because you'd seen so many other places, I imagine at by that point. But when you saw that it had all those needs, what was that kind of like as a as a realtor professional for you? Well, I think any member listening to this will concur that 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 day that you arrive at the property that you are sure this is the one that, you know, that the buyer will pick is always gratifying and it's uh, makes me smile to to listen to steph's uh, uh account of what happened and it was that for her mom and i we fourth floor elevators nice lobby looked you know nice building that anybody would want to live in and then when you saw the unit it it just you know it just worked and and steph uh, described it accurately Great light, uh, nice, nice patios uh, to that she has accessibility to. Not necessarily on the on the within the unit uh, uh, itself, but across the hall, and um, a patio that I'm still envious of. I, I I always comment to her that I'll I'll come sit on that anytime. But yes, and you know now that that's part of the overall professional process. Is you as I always say, you got to kiss a few frogs to find the prince. So. It was a, a bit of a battle. And again, 
the the newer features with Pillar 9 seem to maybe close the gap and what maybe prolonged our search. And uh, and that I'm encouraged to see. Uh, it's all just a matter of, of this tool being used by members to properly document properties that uh, not only for somebody that's using a chair, but uh, any, you know, there's, there's other issues within that issue, um, doors that are, that can be easily grasped and held or automatic doors. And um, it was definitely an eye-opening experience to the, to the challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this kind of allows us to fast forward a bit because now we look at, you know, you and Steph having this successful relationship of, of you know, having Steph uh, with this with this condo. We look a few years later and, and now we've got the Pillar 9 platform with quite a few accessibility search criteria, right? I'm just reading a few right now, top of mind. I, I see over 20 plus here. Accessible doors, accessible ramp, accessible bedroom, bathroom, uh, accessible kitchen appliances. You know, we're looking at ceiling track, bathroom grab bars, adaptable for elevators. These are search functions that you can then outright look for. But our story with you, Stephanie, doesn't just stop with you purchasing your condo. Uh, not only were you, you know, uh, Jason kind of working on trying to get you this particular space to live in. But from what I understand, you've also been quite germane in in, in providing us uh, some of these these new accessibility search features. So could you give us a sense of what happened post-purchase for you and kind of how you maybe, you know, you always have your personal and professional hat on, but put your professional, you know, accessibility advocate, researcher of places hat and and kind of had these conversations to perhaps get us to this point uh, in some ways. Well, yeah. So once I was living in this place and my search was over, it became more of something I'm interested in, not so much for myself personally, mm-hmm. because I love my condo. I don't want to move anytime soon. But I, I spoke with Heather Coleman from the Alberta Real, Real Estate Association and talk to her about what could have been better for me in terms of my search for um, a place to live in Calgary. And I actually told her, because I had had the experience in the, in the years leading up to this move to Calgary, of looking for a place to stay short-term uh, vacation rental on Airbnb. And so I'd had this search before for looking for a place in Los Angeles because I'd wanted to go with some friends. So I told mm-hmm. her my experience on Airbnb and that I had one year used Airbnb to look for an accessible rental in Los Angeles and failed to find anything and had poured through photos just like my sister did with these photos of like, can I use the washroom? Will I be able to get in the place? Is there a bedroom that I'll be able to stay in? And then the year after Airbnb had it changed their search terms so that you were not able just to say, I want to uh, uh, find an acce- under this umbrella of accessible, just one little uh, box like, you can click. Like binary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they included features. So then I was able to say, oh, I need a shower that's barrier-free that I can roll into. So And, and lots of other features like you just listed for the, the new searchability with Pier 9. So um, I had had that experience. And one year later, I was able to use Airbnb and click on those features that I actually need, not just what some Airbnb owner thinks that their building offer or their house uh, offers me. And we were able to go on the trip a year later because Airbnb now let me search and find uh, an accessible vacation rental. So I explained to her like the importance of, you know, having exact specifications that tell you um, exactly what is accessible about a place, not that it's, you know, what someone who may not have a clue about accessibility 
means. Uh, so it's really important to have those specifications so that clients can say, okay, I need these aspects. And this is like a deal breaker, like the shower thing is a deal breaker. Um, and so we only look at units or houses that can offer that feature. And so it's, it changed my ability to travel well, but I think, you know, hopefully people like me and, and older people will be able to say, okay, I need a house that doesn't have stairs or at least has this feature for the washroom or the entrance of a condo should have these features like door buttons to make it an automatic door. So that was a, that was exciting to see that the Alberta real estate agents wanted to make this change here in Alberta, uh, similar to what Airbnb had done internationally. That's that's super cool. And I feel like we kind of owe you a debt of gratitude for for not stopping your advocacy beyond your search, because, you know, I, I say who knows, right? But I think it's the, this fact that, you know, this system is is built with with our, our realtors in mind and fr- more more importantly, I would say, with our, our their customers in mind, right? Their clients in mind, which which I think uh, now really does, you know, hopefully open up a, a new swath of opportunity. Jason, I mean, to that point, I want to kind of go to you. You know, you've had this experience 38 years plus in, in, in real estate. What are some of the, the features, if I can call it that, that you've seen, you know, whether that be clients like Steph, who kind of, you know, you mentioned Steph, the elements regarding the accessible bathroom. But Jason, for you, what are features that you've seen some of your other clients perhaps require? Or how would you maybe even broadly make use of this these new changes with the Pillar 9 system as a realtor professional? Well, as we all get older, I think accessibility is becoming an issue. You know, uh, main floor units, accessible, uh, front entrances, accessible parking. You know, thinking about this and listening to Steph, he kind of opens it up that, and, and she, she said something and correct me if I'm wrong, Steph, but I remember you saying something about, you know, home ownership and custom building or, you know, all of those elements. And it kind of stuck with me that whether those issues are uh, really not a high priority for those that have ex- accessibility issues, it may, it may be just too much work or for a chair or, um, uh, any other uh, disability that might um, take certain products off the off the table, this this kind of broadens the search. Maybe maybe those that uh, had not considered it before will now come back into the market and consider the joy of home ownership because definitely the things that we take for granted by simply moving from your vehicle into your kitchen to take groceries in or uh, relax on your deck with a drink and just go down and uh, enjoy an afternoon uh, in the sun, those, those, are, those are efforts when accessibility is an issue. Yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, maybe I'll, I'll kind of tie the bow on this conversation a bit to maybe chat about what, you know, a realtor can do to assist someone who's looking for accessibility features in a, in a property. So, you know, going back to even your conversations between the two of you, uh, maybe Steph, I'll go to you on this. How was Jason helpful to you? Because you, you didn't have these search criteria. You obviously had the commitment and your parents on the ground to help. But what were some of the things that you found particularly helpful, knowing that, you know, this podcast was largely going to be listened to by realtors, that was actually helpful uh, and, 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 and meaningful to you as someone looking for a property? Well, you know what, I want to add, even before we get into what was helpful to me, that I think one of the things that real estate agents can be doing now that you know, there is this ability to search for certain criteria is that they can be pointing out the value to clients who may not have thought of themselves as needing these features. Maybe they, you know, aren't identifying as someone with a disability. But I think if we show the value of these features to people who um, might not even think of it, 
um, real estate agents can say, okay, here, this place I'm showing you, it has these benefits in that potentially, and there's this concept called visitability. Your home could be visited by someone, whether it's an older grandparent or a friend with a disability. Your home offers these features, a barrier-free entrance, a washroom on the first floor so that no one needs to use stairs to get to a washroom. So there's the concept of visitability, which is something that everyone could be thinking of in terms of being able to welcome certain people to their homes. Then there's the issue of aging in place, which is that people don't necessarily want to move into institutions as they get older, which, by the way, we've realized how tragic that is during the COVID-19 era. So I think people can point out, like, as a real estate agent, okay, look, this place I'm showing you, this has these features that if you choose to live here as you age, you won't have to renovate, you won't have to move. And so then third, there's the population of people with disabilities. And I think for me, um, it was just that the real estate agent listens to what I know I need because anyone with a disability becomes an expert on these really specific standards regarding like how um, high a ramp, what's the ramp angle for a wheelchair user or what kinds of obstructions would um, really maybe injure someone who has a visual disability. So people who are people with disabilities who, you know, have lived their lives with these issues, they know the features they need. So I think if I'm able to say to my agent, here's what I know I need, I'm the expert on this, and he can go then plug it into the like listings and search for those features, that's, that's what's great. And, and I think, you know, everyone also has their other specifications, like, I want lots of natural light. And so being able to just listen to me and say, okay, she's the expert, she knows what she needs, which Jason definitely did, um, then we need to, you know, be able to search. And unfortunately, at that time, he just wasn't being given the right resources by the, uh, the way the website worked for searching for places. So I think it's going to be really great from now on, he'll be able to do that. But also, agents that haven't thought about this before can show these kinds of features to new, uh, their clients who may not have thought about aging in place or visitability before. Oh, those are such such great comments, you know, with both of those additional elements that may not seem immediately obvious, so to speak, but I think can have a real impact in terms of what may uh, dictate uh, the type of property someone someone selects. And I should mention that that visitable uh, element is one of those search terms within the the new Pillar 9 system, right? So not just this concept that you are yourself uh, needing this accessible space, but that someone who does can come visit you in that space. Jason, you know, on that question, maybe I'll close it out with you to maybe kind of from your experiences with staff or even or more broadly, what can uh, what can a, your fellow realtors do to assist uh, someone looking for specific accessibility features in a in a property? I, I think simply just remain cognizant of how a, a particular home may be adapted or serve accessibility needs um, and and document those. I mean, the system is only going to be worth what the information provides. So it shouldn't be just an accessibility thing. To me, it's a feature like any other aspect of a home that somebody might enjoy, whether it's, you know, um, a certain size of ensuite bath or, you know, a, a recreational facility of it. This is important if it can be searched in a way and applied to a home purchase beyond just accessibility needs. And, and it's like, like Steph said, uh, aesthetically, we we were able to find something that's pleasing to anybody's eye to live in and have the accessibility. So those two together for members remaining aware and cognizant of how it applies, I think is just uh, is just a, a, 
the normal role of an advocate and an advisor in this situation. And it's just uh, another group of tools to use. I'm excited about it. No, that's great. And I guess as we wrap, you know, Jason, any final thoughts that you may have, whether it be about the new accessibility features or about, you know, in some ways reliving and rehearing this story again uh, of, of you and Steph finding this property, any any closing or final thoughts that you may have? Well, I'm uh, I'm smiling all the way through it because uh, happy clients are just uh, what motivates any any industry member, and and it's just nice to hear that story recounted, and um, and hopefully members can apply it to other situations and, um, and and have the same experience. And Steph, I'll give you the final word. Any any closing thoughts for you? Anything uh, uh, that uh, that tweak that you weren't able to to jump in on uh, prior to in this conversation? Well, I really appreciate what Jason said about the fact that the system won't work unless the information is there. And so it's so true. So I think it's really important, even if as a real estate agent, you haven't had the experience of searching for, quote unquote, like accessible housing for someone with a disability. I think it's really important to educate yourself on this so that when you are um, putting up a listing that you do identify those features um, so that the system actually works for others. Because... It won't, you won't be able to find the place with the rolling shower or the automatic door button mm. if people aren't being cognizant of making sure that those features are cataloged. And I think also, not that, you know, every house that has been renovated or has the features must be matched with someone who has a disability or who is aging in place. But I do think it's really important that it would, I think it'd be a real shame if a place like mine, my, my condo, if I didn't sell it to someone who needs those features because of the shortage of accessible housing, it's really, I think it would be wonderful if real estate agents that find out that they are selling a property that has features that have been made, uh, that have been renovated to create an accessible home for someone, try and match that with someone who needs it because it's, it's a real shame if, you know, those features get wasted or maybe even the bathroom gets renovated to remove those features because, you know, someone, um, buys it and doesn't need that. So I would really encourage people to like to keep it in mind that there is a, you know a real shortage of housing for people with disabilities and you know for people who want to age in place. Oh well, listen, Stephanie and and Jason, thank you so much for sharing your not just your story but the insights. I mean, I think the insights were incredibly powerful. The story, I think, incredibly telling. Uh, not just about your own experience, but the advocacy there on after Steph to kind of ensure these features allow more stories like yours to happen, to allow more realtors like Jason to to pick up the reins and help their clients by using some of these features. And I think more broadly, if I can put my Pillar 9 board member hat on for a second, speaks to the platform that allows us to make changes that are to the benefit of our clients, to the benefit of our realtors, to the benefit of, of Albertans overall, so that they can all find their success story with uh, with their next property, uh, whether it be an accessible home or, or anything else. So thank you once again to both of you for sharing your story. And thank you for listening to this episode of In Your Area. Thank you to Zane, Stephanie, and Jason. We look forward to seeing you the next time we are in your area.